Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is writer and the host of Classic Films for Kids <laughs> on, the, on the Film Detective channel, uh, Jennifer Churchill. Welcome Hi. to the show, Jennifer. Good to see you again, my friend. Good to see you, too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's Well, we just saw each other at the Turner Classic Movie Film Festival, but uh, it's good to see you via Zoom, anyhow. So let's talk about, well, we've, you've been on the show before talking about your book that you wrote called Movies Are Magic, which is a wonderful book. And now you, there you go. Yes, please hold it up for everybody to see. (laughs) And we have a new, you have a new version now too, right? (laughs) Talk a little bit about that before we go into the film detective. Yeah. So actually it's related to the film detective project. So Movies Are Magic came out in 2018 and I self-published it, but with the amazing support of Turner Classic Movies and they sold it on their online shop and Ben Mankiewicz, the host, one of the hosts of Turner Classic Movies, wrote the introduction. And I sort of got the idea from attending the Turner Classic Movie Film Festivals over the years that there really wasn't a book that explained the history of film to kids. There's some cute books. You know, there's a book out there about Charlie Chaplin that's really cute. We have this really great children's book about Hedy Lamarr that I bought for my seven-year-old. So there's really specific stories, but there wasn't anything that kind of covered the gamut. Like, where did films come from and how were they invented and what were the first movies? So I feel like I filled that gap with this book a little bit, but felt like I could add even more. There were some things that we left out the first time around. And so I've revamped the book. It's I think three times as long. I added a bunch of films that weren't in the first edition and added an entire section that's a homeschool and teacher's guide. So there's fun projects in there. You can do like a movie night and make a snack and you know all sorts of cute things. Learn to walk like the tramp. So just just fun projects to kind of bring movies even more to life for kids, classic movies more to life for kids. And so the film depart, uh, film detective partnered with me on that. So you'll see their logo on the front of the director's cut. We're calling it Movies Are Magic, the director's cut. And so they're helping with um, distribution and just promotion and getting the, the word out there because they have, they have more eyeballs than I do. And so we had started working on that together last year and realized that they want to reach kids and just like all classic movie channels are hoping to have a future generation <laughs> of viewers. And so kids need to know about these movies. So that's kind of how we segued into the Classic Films for Kids show that we're going to talk about. I know. And I, and I love it. I love all, all the whole concept and the whole idea. Of, and you have definitely forged your own path with this. I think it's just absolutely wonderful what you're doing. And I just admire you for your perseverance and making it happen and, and your vision and, and your passion for classic films. So, you know, combining all that together is absolutely perfect and amazing. So I'm, I'm very proud of you, my friend. <laughs> so, so let's talk. And you have a passion also. So I said, you know, same back at you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So this, let's talk about the, the classic films for kids. It is so fun. And I've watched a couple of the of the films that you have introduced and, and how, how this all came about. You've told us a little bit, but how did it all come about that you actually 
segued your book into hosting this TV show. So the Film Detective is a channel that shows classic films, silent movies up through the 1950s and 60s. They also show classic TV shows like the Carol Burnett show and the Johnny Carson show, which are really fun um, to just have those on at night and you feel like you're back in time. It's just, it's 11 o'clock in 1975 <laughs> and you're getting ready for bed and you're a kid and Johnny Carson's on. That's, that's what it takes you back in time to just have that stuff on. So I, I discovered the film detective um, during lockdowns. I subscribed to Sling, which is just a, a streaming option and Sling TV has a lot of channels on it and I subscribed to Sling so I could watch TCM and stumbled onto the film detective also. And so they kind of show the more quirky films and they do a lot of restoration work and they I think they actually lease some of their films to TCM. So I consider them sort of like TCM's little brother or little sister. <laughs> so I loved the network and reached out to them and they knew about my book and you know obviously they a lot of their staff attends the TCM Film Festival. So we kind of had that connection and just started talking about how important it was to make sure kids knew about the history of film. They're all watching these streaming devices and playing video games and have their Nintendos and their YouTube channels they watch and all of that. And we just (laughs) feel, I feel like it's sort of a missing link in understanding that linear connection from the handheld devices and the streaming and the videos and the TikTok and all of that. Like, where did it come from? It all, you know, it started not that long ago, 150 years ago or so. And um, so I just think it's exciting to show kids that, like the, the storytelling and the invention of uh, series motion photography and the Moybridge horses and, you know, the five phenomenon, which is what the trick of your brain that makes you think you're watching moving images when it's just a bunch of still images strung together. And, you know, and that's why movies are magic, you know. They are. <laughs> I really believe that. <laughs> Crystal Vander Ark is the director of operations for uh, the film detective. And she said, let's do it. We'll bring a crew to Sonoma, which is where I live. And Crystal and I worked together and scripted 10 episodes. We pared down the list of 10 kid-friendly films that they were going to show on the Film Detective. And then we filmed my seven-year-old, Weston and I, Mm -hmm. uh, doing a brief intro to the film. And then, you know, then they show the film and then we do a a brief outro. And I think they did an amazing job. It's educational. It's fun. I don't like looking at myself on screen, but I I said I'd take one for the team to... The word out about about classic movies to kids. So that they came to Sonoma and we filmed 10 episodes in three days with a seven-year-old on set. Wow. <laughs> so wow. Um, but the community here is amazing. And they all just sort of came together and supported our project in the Sebastiani Theater, which is a gorgeous historic movie theater where they show a lot of movies for the Sonoma International Film Festival each year. It's a gorgeous venue and they let us film inside there. We filmed at Buena Vista Winery, which is a historic winery here in Sonoma. And then we also filmed at the Sonoma Community Center, which is where the Sonoma Community Center is a gorgeous historic building that's now, um, they do like pottery classes and acting classes and things like that. But they also used that building as the high school for the first Scream movie. So (laughs) they filmed a big movie there once. It's got his roots in the film industry there. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well produced. It's be- it's beautifully produced. And um, the sub- you're right, the Sebastiani Theater is really stunning and, and wonderful. And you've done quite a few of the intros, I think, in-, in that theater, you know, showing it. How has it been working with your son, Weston, as your cohort in this uh, project? 
So he's, I, you know, I joke, I'm brainwashing him to love classic movies, but um, I, I feel like, of, of course, he's not going to love, you know, kids never love everything their parents love, but I feel like the exposure is important. And so, you know, when he was two, I would put on uh, Fred Astaire and Top Hat mm-hmm. and he would, when he was a little two-year-old, he, he loved the tap dancing. It's, it's loud and it's engaging and it's lively and it would catch his attention with the music. And so I tried not to expose him to screens too much, but, you know, of course, classic movies are okay. So, so he, he loved that. He knows who Fred Astaire is. And then I would find things that little snippets of things like funny little segments with Buster Keaton doing something funny with his hat or, you know, so he, he loves Buster Keaton. He, he absolutely will watch Buster Keaton anytime. Some of the other things I sort of, I say, I trick him into watching them. I got him to watch Casablanca with me, the whole movie, wow. which is wow. hard to hold the attention of a seven-year-old. Yes. And the way I did it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's sort of just spontaneous in the moment, you know, it was on, I wanted to watch it. He didn't want to watch it. I said, oh, come on, watch this movie with mommy. And then they were hiding the letters of transit in the piano. You know, spoiler alert, if you've never seen Casablanca, <laughs> he hides the letters of transit in the piano inside Rick's cafe, which are like the MacGuffin for that movie. It's mm-hmm. the thing. Everyone wants the letters of transit so they can get out of Casablanca. So I pointed that out to Weston. I said, look, they're, they're hiding in the piano. And then the whole movie, every time someone went into Rick's cafe, Weston's like, they don't know the letters of transit. He was all about the letters of transit. So I kind of got him into like a, a little piece of it that he thought was interesting. And then he, he watched the whole movie with me. So um, so sometimes you have to sort of think on a kid's level and draw them in. And, and he might not want to put on a classic movie, but he knows who the actor, he knows who Humphrey Bogart is and he knows who Cary Grant is. Oh, and I use Cary Grant as a model of behavior. You know, I'm like, Excellent. Cary Grant would not wipe his boogers on his mom's shirt. <laughs> Cary Grant would never do that. And then, you know, that's how I teach him to be a gentleman is I use Cary Grant as his model. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) If all men could be Cary Grant, (laughs) the world would be a better place. I'm trying to raise a little Cary Grant. We'll see. I love it. <laughs> I love how you, yeah, I, I like the fact, like the fact that he watched the whole movie at seven is pretty amazing. I, it took me a long time to watch the whole movie, though, <laughs> you know, all the way through the first time, I think, years ago. It's so. confusing plot even, even for a grown-up. Sorry? <laughs> Say I said it's sort of a confusing plot even for a grown-up. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> It truly is. Started your love of classic films. What you know? What was it that sparked your interest? Uh, I started watching them uh, with my mom and my grandma and my aunt, uh, my aunt Michelle. And growing up in Michigan, in rural Michigan, before cable, before VHS or DVDs, <laughs> um, and they would show classic movies sometimes on Sunday afternoons, and I think on the PBS channel or. Uh, we only had four channels, so it must have been the PBS channel. Um, and they would they would just be on without any sort of intro, you know, no sort of guide that told you who you're seeing. And my mom and my grandma would tell me who everyone was. They'd say, "Oh, this is Catherine Hepburn, and this is this is Cary Grant, and um, this is Ingrid Bergman." And so I learned who all of these actors were just from it being on, and my mom and my grandma pointing it out. And we just we loved. You know, living in wintry, desolate, (laughs) cold Michigan, um, you know, we'd watch the Academy Awards every year and I got to stay up late. It was the only night I got to stay up late was to watch the Academy Awards. And in Michigan, we're three hours ahead or behind, behind. Yeah. Ahead. It would be later at night. It would be like <laughs> night before the Academy Awards got over in Michigan. Yeah. So yeah, you're, ahead. you're ahead. You're ahead. You're <laughs> ahead. 
<laughs> yes. But yeah, so I would, it would be a late night and I had permission to stay up and we would like make snacks and we'd watch the red carpet. And so I just, I mean, I love just like everyone, I loved like the glitz and glam part of Hollywood, but I also loved the history of Hollywood. And I just, I love all of it. <laughs> and I think if, if I believed in reincarnation, I don't, who knows, I must have lived in the 30s because since I was like eight years old, the music of the 30s, if I saw like the dresses of the 30s, I, mm-hmm. I just navigate to it. It's my favorite style. I love Art Deco. Mm-hmm. I love and then you watch the movies and the banter and the, the witty writing and the, the pre-codes with their, you know, risque conversations. I just I think they're the most fun. It's the most fun decade of movies is the 30s. I agree. So. I agree. I, I I also relate to the 1920s and the 30s. You know, <laughs> I, I the same thing. I gravitate. I also I I also believe that was the last time I was here before I reincarnated this time <laughs> for the same yeah. reason. And, and you know, who knows? Maybe we knew each other during that time because maybe we did. Yes, <laughs> we both have. <laughs> we both resonate with that and, and with these older yeah. movies too. So it might just be the aesthetic we like, but you know, there's something about it that since I was a little kid, I just loved, I loved the old movies and I like the aesthetic of black and white. Some people, you know, poo poo it. Oh, I don't, why would you want to watch that? And I think it's visually stunning. They had to be better at the cinematography to make it look gorgeous. And they had to be better writers because there weren't all the special effects and, uh, you know. I'm preaching to the choir, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, but no, but you know, and and more movies are coming out in black and white. You know, Bel- we had Belfast this year, uh, last year, Mank, you know, was in black and white. I and right. uh, you know, quite a few of them are coming out in black and white for mm-hmm. for a variety of different reasons. It just lends itself uh, to the story, I guess, more uh, perhaps, you know. But I agree with you. Um, I think they released uh, this year on. Uh, Oh, what was it? Not Noir Alley. Um, oh, yeah, it was Noir Alley. No, that, so. that wasn't in black, was it? Yeah, well, they did it in um, in color, but then they released it in independent movie theaters in black and oh, white. Yeah. yeah. And they had. I watched the original, but I. Yeah. (laughs) I watched it, you know, I watched it, you know, in color, but then um, they said when they released it in black and white, they had more people coming to see it, which is also fascinating. But it was such a beautiful visual film in color. Uh, It would be, I have, as I said, I've not seen the black and white, but it would be interesting to see what they did with it in black and white because visually it was a a stunning picture. I, I believe the cinematography, the costumes, everything were just amazing in that film so yeah interesting that more and more films are coming out there do you have uh for you what's your all-time favorite film oh it changes all the time yeah i I know i'm sure i used to say the the thin man the -hmm. first and second thin man movies i love me too Um, me too nick and nora william powell and myrna loy have the best on-screen chemistry they're the best on-screen couple of all time mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. they're they're hilarious they insult each other but it's like all done in affection and it's hilarious and if you're not offended by all the smoking and drinking <laughs> it's it's very entertaining um i just i uh, and that you know that's the that's the 1930s right there uh, the thin man um but i also like this movie that i discovered um maybe 10 years ago with Cary Grant and um, oh my God. Oh, Irene Dunn. I almost forgot her name mm-hmm. for a second. Um, called the awful truth yes. from 1977. Yeah. And I hadn't grown up knowing about that movie. I just hadn't seen it. And 
Oh my gosh. It's my favorite romantic comedy of all time. And it has the same dog as the thin man. Little Asta from the thin man is what's his name. Um, Mr. Mr. Smith is his name in uh, the, and the awful truth, but it's, um, it's a, I don't, I don't know if you want me to tell. Yeah, movie. tell because I, I do love that movie too. So tell the, okay. tell the audience a little bit about what that movie's about. If they haven't seen it, they'll go seek it out. Yes, go see it. Um, so Cary Grant is it's hinted at pretty um, without question, but you know he, he never actually says it. But he, I think he cheats. He cheats on Irene Dunn. They're like this happily married couple, very wealthy New York socialites, and um, he sort of gets busted cheating. He was supposed to be in Florida, but he wasn't, and. And she has this music teacher and it's all innocent on her end, but of course he, he gets jealous. And so, you know, of course that you can tell they love each other deeply, but they decide to get divorced because, you know, they can't come to terms on somebody cheating or misunderstanding, uh, you know? So then the, the rest of the film is the two of them, you know, trying to work their way back together as they go off and, attempt to marry other people. Um, and it's just super funny. I mean, Cary Grant is just at his best with some of the physical comedy in the film. Um, she, Irene Dunn was an opera singer in real life and she gets a little operatic, operatic, if that's the right way to pronounce that word, um, moment in the, in the movie where she sings and works this cute little laugh into the end of her song as Cary Grant's in the back of the room, wiping out in a chair. It's like one of my favorite moments. <laughs> in a movie ever because you're like, Oh, they love each other. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> a cute way to show that in the movie. Um, and she's hilarious in it. Yes, she she's is. super funny. And yeah. it's just it's, you will laugh from beginning to end of that film, except one caveat is the weird little clock thing at the end of the movie, which they could just get rid of that. And, you know, the, and end the movie, there's remember there's like a little, there's a little um, cuckoo clock in the room at the end of the movie. And then oh, these little yeah. dancing people come out of it. It's sort of this weird thing at the end of the movie. But other than that, it's it's perfection. It's, it's <laughs> a great movie. They did another one together, too. And I'm, the title is not coming to mind. And I hate that when that happens. It's when she's she when she um, he thinks she's been dead and, and she's been declared dead. She died like seven years before and he's getting ready to get married. And all of a sudden she shows up. It's, um, oh, it's that movie. My favorite wife. But it's- I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, there's a few of those of that movie made over the years with different titles. There's one with I can't think of his name, but um, it's all right. James Garner. There's a version. There's a version. Oh yeah, but I think this is. I think this is. I think it is my favorite wife. I think that's what it is, and and it's another one. Penny Serenade together too. Oh, I love Penny Serenade. I cry every time I watch that movie over and over (laughs) again. Does West? Huh? I said that one's a bummer. Yeah, uh, I love that movie though. Oh, I watch it every year at the holidays. It's one of my holiday films. you know to watch um does weston have a favorite classic film he really so i wouldn't say the whole the whole movie he has more of a favorite actor which is buster keaton and he will he'll watch anything with buster keaton in it he might not know the names of the movies he knows the general and he doesn't love that entire film he likes that middle section when when there's all the when he's on the train and he's you know flipping logs over and sliding down the front and 
he'll watch that whole sequence. The beginning and the end kind of lose him a little bit, but he loves, you know, Buster Keaton shorts. I would say those are a perfect way to get kids into classic films. And he he watched all of the movies that we introduce on Classic Films for Kids on The Film Detective. I think four episodes have aired. They air one every Saturday morning. And then they also, after it airs in real time on Saturday morning, then they release it on like the app, if you have the Film Detective app, and also on their YouTube channel. I don't know if every single episode, but I know a couple of the episodes episodes are on the YouTube channel. So Weston watched all of those movies with me while I was working on the scripts um, the, in, the, in the weeks leading up to before we filmed them. And so he he liked segments of the movies. He it, well, They wouldn't hold his attention the whole time. We watched The Little Princess with Shirley Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, once he realized the school marm was mean, then he got into it because he was having, he's like, <laughs> she's so mean. And you know, <laughs> and he got all wrapped up in it. So, so a lot of classic movies have a slower start mm-hmm. than modern kids are used to. Mm-hmm. New movies like start off with an explosion or, you know, jump right into the action and older films kind of do like a setup. Even The Thin Man, one of my favorite movies of all time. I I warn people who I force to watch that film who say they don't like old movies. I'm like, oh, you got to watch The Thin Man with me. And I warn them. I'm like, the first 10 minutes is really slow. <laughs> Just don't give up. Like, it's, you know, they do this whole setup where you meet The Thin Man who ends up disappearing, and which is fine with me. But modern audiences are kind of like, all right, when's, when's it going to start getting good is what I hear people people say. So, so he, sometimes I, I have to kind of be patient. I'll say, right, let's go get a glass of juice. And, you know, we might miss a little at the beginning and then, and then the, he gets into it. I do think, so what, what's your, I'm sure, I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this, but what's your intention with uh, classic films for kids? Oh, my intention is really to just keep these films alive and relevant. And if there isn't an audience for them, then these streaming services and all these outlets for films won't see a financial value in keeping them out there. And so it's sort of this cyclical thing. And I just want to make sure that kids know that they exist and even families, you know, I say the kids, but a lot of times the parents don't, aren't familiar with these movies either, or the, you know, caregivers or the grandparents or the, the babysitter or whoever, whoever's in their life that's watching the movies with them. It's new to them too, usually. And I like to, I might be paraphrasing a bit, but I love the Lauren Bacall quote that she, she once said something like, it's not an old, or what did she say? Oh, it's not an old movie if you've never seen it. Because just because it was made 100 years ago doesn't mean it's not a funny movie. And and it's also, I think it can bring kids into learning about history. You know, like why, why were all these fancy rich people stories so popular in the 30s? And you can maybe talk to them about the Depression and say, actually, you know, people went to movies to escape reality, which we all still do. And things were really bad at that time. You know, everyone was really poor and there were no jobs. And, and people were suffering. And so they went, they wanted to go to the movies and see, you know, rich people with silly scenarios. So they didn't have to think about real life. And so even though you're not learning about history from the film itself, necessarily, you can dig a little deeper and talk about the context, you know, which is also something else that we talk about is a lot of the problematic classic movies that the people are portrayed. And I um, mean, you know, like Gone with the Wind has been discussed with the way it portrays African-Americans and it sort of like celebrating slavery, which isn't... Mm-hmm 
something that anyone would do now, but to watch it with that historical lens and to learn about what, what was going on in society and life at the time that that movie came out and why why were people portrayed this way and you know talk about those things don't just gloss over it right, you know, right. go back in time <laughs> well, uh, okay Jennifer we're, our time is up unfortunately but when can people when and where can people watch classic films for kids so just you can look for the go to the filmdetective.com and it has all the ways you can watch the channel and all the different places you can watch it you can download the app which is like three dollars a month or something like that um, and you can just go look at their YouTube channel and watch all sorts of stuff uh, for free on the YouTube channel. And, it's, and it's on Saturday. It airs on, and it's on Saturdays. Thank you. Yes, what, what time is it air? Eastern time, right? Um, what time is it uh, air? 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Pacific. And I would say tune in a little early. Sometimes it starts a few minutes, you know, before the hour. It's not exactly on the hour. Well, but, it's you know, a, in, the, in the morning on Saturday. In the morning on Saturday. It's a great thing to be doing on Saturday mornings with your children. And uh, it's a great, you know, for the whole family to sit and watch and, and learn more about classic films for kids and, and just an enjoyable uh, morning. So thank you, Jennifer, for being on the show. I wish you much success uh, with this project. It's very exciting and, and it's fun. It's fun. And I know you've been renewed for a new season, so that's even more exciting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yay for you. So thank you for being on the show. Yeah. I hope to see you at a film festival soon. In the near future. Yeah. In the near future, <laughs> for sure. If you have missed any of the Jam Price shows all about movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, or you can, where all the shows are archived, or you can go wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Also, go to my YouTube channel, The Jam Price Show, and Subscribe and like it and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jam Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jam Price Show, all about movies.